1: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com and for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page and feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome back to this episode of uh, Lorehammer Lockdown. I'm your host, <laughs> Eric. I don't, like this.
2: I don't like the energy you just brought into this episode.
1: That's right, folks. Be prepared <laughs> for a new episode of Lorehammer Lockdown. I don't I don't like that either. If, I, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, <laughs> I am also not happy. It's a good attempt, Eric, with how that. I'm just trying new things. You trying know? new
2: things. Well, I'm Mark. Again, Lorehammer Lockdown, Mark. And today, we got Peter with us. Hi, I'm Peter. Lorehammer lockdown, Peter. Yeah. I'm, oh, Lorehammer. I'm Lorehammer really lockdown. We're really trying Peter. to
1: brand. Oh Warhammer. yeah. Lorehammer is shifting. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Oh, we're using our code names.
1: <laughs> Pete. He's <laughs> already opened up the door for movie quotes.
2: Oh, has he? Perfect. Mm. You haven't seen that movie. Oh my <laughs> God! What movie? I don't even know. Infinity War. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, I've seen Infinity War. Oh. I haven't seen uh,
1: Endgame. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. No, that's the line that uh, Peter Parker says. When yeah. He meets no, I Doctor just don't Strange.
2: memorize every movie quote. <laughs> well, it's Well, it's just such.
1: A, it's such a good line. <laughs> it's, oh, we're using our made-up names. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I totally forgot that you haven't seen Endgame. Though. Mm, I live a fun life. Oh no, wow! Well, well, sure.
2: Well, welcome to the episode. We got another. Uh, you know, we're all going to quarantine down together, and. Yeah, a little corona episode. Yeah, we won't talk about it this episode. No. Just know that we're giving you extra content so that... Specifically on your because deathbed, of Corona. Yeah, when you're on your deathbed dying, you have one last Lorehammer episode to listen to.
1: I mean, I hated the beer
2: anyway, so...
1: <laughs> this has only been good for me, avoiding Corona the beer. Uh-huh. So. uh uh-huh. <clears throat> <laughs> Isn't that a dumb thing? Yes, yeah, so like lots how much much dumb. I think they lost like 30% of share price value <laughs> just because really? people thought that Corona came from the beer. <laughs> Anyways, off topic. topic not, today's not about Corona. Today's about stories
2: yeah. and journeys. I, I actually have a question specifically for Peter from our Discord. Really? Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. it's. it's I've good. seen your Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the question is, What does Down and Peter mean? Oh, that's... What's your name? uh, Yeah, I guess that
3: is my name on Discord. uh, And there's not really much to say about it (laughs) other than uh, it's... I was using Discord first for uh, fantasy sports. uh, So for like a fantasy football and fantasy hockey league that I'm in. In which my team names have to do with... uh, all built around the name down in flames, uh, because we're uh, located in Calgary, the Calgary flames. Oh, Uh, and so down in flames, nice little play (laughs) on the flames. Uh, then if you're doing well or not, you know, uh, then you're down in flames, or I could change it occasionally to up in flames. <laughs> uh, but then when you're on Discord, if you're on multiple Discords, you need to be able to communicate with the same name. Mm. And so I had to do down in Peter because I had uh, different names. Well, you,
1: you, so. in Discord, you have, like, your username that you created when you signed in. Yes. But then every server you go on, you can have a unique name in that server. Oh, so, so maybe some, I've been just
3: doing this wrong. You maybe can I could some, have a different You have different something name. completely different oh, on totally our server
1: it. uniquely.
3: Right. But it was the yeah. one server I was on where I'm in both a football chat and a, a hockey chat. Right. And I need them <laughs> to be able to know who I am. <laughs> and so down in Peter, that's what it was. Yeah. Interesting. I'm. It's I really hope. not interesting
2: at all. <laughs> Super interesting. Questions. But to answer yes. the question. Well, know. now we know because it was prying at lots of people's names. Okay, or, or lots of people's minds yeah, I mean, yeah. so.
1: wondering about your name, where it originated from. <laughs> you guys thought it was something, something wrong, something,
3: I, something bad, and
1: here it <laughs> is. Maybe I, I maybe thought it was some reference to some 40k thing related. Like, really? Oh, no, Come on. He no. loves the Eldar. Maybe the Eldar are down on their luck. I, I need to change. Peter.
3: My name on your guys's Discord to just something about big Eldar helmets. That's, that's i thought I'm you all were going all a completely
2: eldar different titty gf yeah right? big eldar yeah. titty gf i'm like yeah. oh peter no no big just titty titty suck L-Dart on D-Dart. these yeah, exactly. you never know i want
1: <laughs> i want something strong enough to knock a tyranid's balls off
3: <laughs> right peter i'm just about the helmets that's all that's just... <laughs> Love those no eldar titties for that man no man <laughs> just
1: helmets space Pope <laughs> helmets i think they're called Oh, jeez. Uh, anyways, yeah, obviously you've been on uh, a, a number of our episodes. That's true. Yeah. Is
2: this like the first non-Eldar one? Oh, no, you've no, done no, some of no. no. oh, so, oh, Yeah, we've so, done Listener yeah. Lore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on, man, come on. I just know so many people, you know, yeah, yeah. names, blah, 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 blah. I can't so, keep track. Yeah.
1: That's just the amnesia talk. <laughs> <laughs> <in> the <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
2: purely <laughs> intelligent level yeah. and not actual numbers <laughs> related.
1: Well, today... Um, Based on you as a person, yes, I think we're going to focus a lot today on uh story and yeah. narratives within 40k. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very unscripted, we literally have no notes in front yeah. of us, um, because we just want to have a conversation. And we've talked about RPGs and, and stories before, yeah,
2: but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're going to touch on like three big categories here. We're going to talk about like... The
1: third is going to be the most exciting one.
2: Yeah, so I'll save that one. Yeah, you don't even to, say what it is. Yeah, I'll save that. Yeah. But so the first one, we're going to talk about uh, role-playing. Because mm-hmm. uh, with Peter, we actually have done role-playing for many years with him. Like many, many years. Probably almost like... Over 10. Probably pretty close to it. Wow. Yeah, that's... Wow. Over 10 years. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. From, and our first one that we did was in the 40K universe. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we started. That's where all of us started playing our first uh, role Yeah, playing. literally yeah.
1: none of us had any experience with pen and paper RPGs yeah.
3: before that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, S- no, but I do remember the first time we ever played Pathfinder or D&D because we watched Community. <laughs> Do you remember that? But yeah, that, that came but, after. But it was after. That was after. It was after. Yeah. But yeah. that I'm just wondering why that was special in my brain, but it's because it was our because first time. Because
2: you were watching Community. That, that was
1: my first time watching Community. That was bad for me. <laughs> I watched so much Community <laughs> since then. But anyways, I remember that because yeah. we were we jumped out of our the homebrew rules and the Death Watch rules, yeah. and we were jumping into the classic uh, D&D system. And Pathfinder system we went
3: to Pathfinder yeah yeah
1: and then just to change our mind our headsets we watched like our mindset from like playing 40k <laughs> right. into playing this fantasy world we watched the community episode before like do you not remember that no i remember we watching, watching
3: it, the episode but and then we, we literally also moved watched, rooms what was that old uh 40k movie Ultra that we watched
2: Ultra. we also watched <laughs> that to get us we watched movie. that at my house yeah <laughs> oh my, that's yeah. what i remember that is such that a was sh-
1: shitty movie
3: that was one of my like
1: yeah was know. it one of your first experiences
2: with like 40k, 40K yeah oh my god that's so mm. bad <laughs> you guys were so excited about it too <laughs> had we seen it at that? <laughs> we must not have seen I don't it, think it at that we had. point because it's very bad yeah I think I think, we were, I think we were
1: laughing at it the whole the whole
2: time. Yeah. Either way it was fun. It was it's fun. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk some RPG and like you guys said we're going to talk some like how to build story not only in just 40K but more just in general what makes things interesting yeah. what's Yeah, I'm not an author. I don't know. I I shouldn't be telling what me we're going to talk about, but Peter's the one that knows book stuff. Yeah. I have read books. That's true. Got one up on me. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so Let's talk a little bit about, about role-playing. Um, hmm. we, we've done a lot. We've done plenty of different systems. Um, but the one thing that remains the same, regardless of what system that we've ever done in our group, it's always been very narrative. Like, actually, right. heavy on the role-play, less on the actual, like, dungeon crawl aspect, which uh, I personally, obviously, really enjoy. Yeah. I, I think our group
1: is very satisfied having a conversation in an inn for three hours. In fact, we have done that. Recently. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very much okay with not getting to dungeons as long as the story that we're creating and the narrative that we're all sharing <laughs> is interesting enough. That's <laughs> true. We we care less for the explorer. I and mean, we still enjoy it, but it's uh Yeah. It's very different, I think, than what classic Dungeons and Dragons people play. I, I like every time I see Dungeons & Dragons people at, like, uh, game stores or whatever, There's, they literally always have a map in front of them, hmm. and they're always moving things around, and they're always, like, referencing, like, their feats and, and like, their skills that they can do. Whereas we've gone entire games...
2: <laughs> without rolling dice. With, without I've even got rolling a whole dice. campaign, even, without a yeah, character Yeah, like, sheet. there's... <laughs> it's,
1: Mark literally one time played an entire game and didn't say a single word. He was just waiting for us to notice <laughs> that one was fucking we crazy. Waiting, he was waiting for us to notice that his character wasn't saying anything, and I think Which he went we like not. I think he went like two hours.
2: Oh yeah, I was like, role playing. That was wild. But like
3: that's our games,
1: right? Whereas I think it's very different than what most people experience in like the classic RPG setting.
3: Yeah, I would say it, like a classic. D&D style of RPG is going to be about 50% role-playing, 50% combat. I think that's kind of what I think that's what most people try and balance for. Right. And the, But then, yeah, from group to group, it's going to swing wildly yeah. based on what you're going to see. Because I've played uh, some role-playing games at like the local game store where I signed up for a campaign and I was going Was that at Century was, Box? Yeah, it was a drop-in kind of a thing on Saturdays. Um... And they had like people who were there who like met regularly and but you could have like other tables where anybody could just show up and you just kind of signed up in a forum, went there. But it was 100 percent combat. There was no (laughs) role playing. And I kind of stepped into it expecting there to be like I have a backstory. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you were ready to share (laughs) crucial details (laughs) about your character, (laughs) and you realize very quickly, like, oh no, there's not going to be any of that.
1: (laughs) You get to describe yourself. What color of hair do you have? (laughs) Yeah, so that was it. Was a little awkward. Yeah, Yeah. and I I can see that though. I I think a lot of that uh, could come down to comfort level too. Like, especially if those games are designed to introduce new people into it. Everyone is very good yeah, in group at of friends, rolling yeah. dice yeah. and saying like I do. I can add this Some dice number to my strength. Some of us are even better
2: than others. Like Rio is yeah.
1: phenomenal at rolling. Rio dice. Rio seems to have the touch, as we say. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the yellow <laughs> dice. It's weird. <laughs> Anyways, but there's also like that role playing aspect. I think is something that you have to be shown into. I don't think it comes naturally to many people. In the way that building a character on a character sheet does and yeah. rolling their dice and saying, I would yeah. like to use this skill as yeah. opposed to, no, I want to interact and share story and and talk about how what I'm feeling in the game is yeah. is how you're feeling in the game. Right. And I think that's something that people need to be what you, shown.
2: Yeah. What is that saying? Like the very first character you play right. is who you want to be. Is that how it is?
3: Yeah, usually your first character is going to be like an idealized version of yourself, or what you want. It's going to be a superhero. (laughs) It's going to be typically not going to have any faults, (laughs) and you're only going to just focus on all its strengths. And (laughs) that's going to be your first step into role playing. Typically, you're building it because you're building a hero. Yeah, or you're you're just going to copy something that you really like. Sure, but so you're going to have like like you. But nobody plays as the Emperor from Star
1: Wars. But people will build, like, Mace Windu, right? Mm. Or Yoda. Like, nobody builds a character who's, like, full of faults and weaknesses. But Not typically their first time. Yeah, Yeah. everyone's building someone who's capable of being a hero and a a solid
2: adventurer. Yeah, we've done it now so many times. We've done so many RPGs. Some of our ideas now are getting pretty fucking wacky and good. We're really scraping, like, the creative side of our brain (laughs) (laughs) for some of these characters. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yikes! Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm looking at the female Eric that is now playing as a Disney princess in our. I one. think
1: it's the first female <laughs> in our entire, ever. Well, yeah, I had a strict when I was... Jimmy yeah, I remember a, that.
3: You can't play a female character if you're a dude. Because he
1: didn't want me to whore myself
3: out. <laughs> Basically, that was my big concern. And has yeah. it
1: happened yet in this game?
3: Surprisingly, no. No, <laughs> Femi is not a whore. She's a classy lady. She's a classy princess,
2: if I, I might add. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, when, when you're looking for, like, your own D&D group, because we get a bunch of messages, like... um. It's definitely one thing to consider. Like, what are they actually wanting to do in that group? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you
1: need to be very focused on, like, looking for, uh, like, what are you trying to get out of it? What game are you trying to play? And then seeing if the group is a match for you. Because, like, if the group all wants to focus 80% of the time on combat and you are desperate to role play, you should probably find you could you could
2: probably find something yeah. else. Yeah. But we've always been super lucky. We've always been on that same wavelength of just Yeah, we have a good group <laughs> of people play. that very much enjoy roleplay. Yeah. 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 What what's been the fav- your most favorite RPG that we've done?
3: Oh, um well, I think my favorite is going to be my own campaign that I ran. I'm going to agree. Uh, because was I was, the... had the most control of that. That was Kalanos. Kalanos, that's what yeah. it was. That was what the world was called. And it was in the uh, Pathfinder first edition system. And we ran it for two years. Probably. Yeah, if, I think. If not more. Yeah. It, and it A couple was different seasons, even, within pretty within that game. consistent every two weeks where we were playing. And is that the one where we split off into two groups? Yeah. In the second point, yeah. season, yeah, because yeah, at some brought point we in, had like ten people or well, something. Well, like. we had our initial core group, and then what usually happens if other you're people with hear young about people, it is yeah. is well, no, uh, but some of our friends uh, went away, okay, and weren't there anymore, and so like uh, Tim, who's been on the podcast, that's right, yeah, and Paul and Daniel were all not able to be around, so then we had to bring in some new people to keep the game going. And then, <laughs> then we ended up with it, that. What happens is you try invite invite one person. <laughs> And then you're not sure if they're going to come, so you invite another person. Sure. and They all come, and then you've got all of a sudden seven people around the table. Yeah. And it Good works. Thing we for had some a groups, big table, but it was it, that's where it gets tough. The, the thing too is you want to have a, a smaller group if if you can. About four, five. I think the sweet is spot the, is four, three to five players is the sweet spot. You can do yeah. six, and it's okay. But once you hit seven, like it's hard to keep people engaged. Even with yeah. our group, sometimes it's hard for us to stay engage and we're yeah, normally pretty combat.
1: polite about giving other people the opportunity yeah, to do yeah. things
3: but yeah. yeah when when you're going through a combat round and it's like 45 minutes
2: since you did anything Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, maybe that's that. a reason
1: why we avoid combat a lot is because we can
2: always be way more involved if it's just role play maybe that's why i, I don't know i to me i think it comes back to like since we have done so many different systems we don't really bother Learning how to do a That's new system true. every yeah.
1: time, whereas the skills are normally very obvious and similar. Yeah, right. But combat changes very much system to system. Yeah,
2: like even our Pathfinder game, we're not really playing Pathfinder. Like- yeah, it's it's a little <laughs> loosey goosey. Yeah, <at> times, <laughs> you know, very much so. Yeah. So Kalanos was your favorite. That was your one. Yeah, that was the one.
3: And that was where you guys came to me and convinced me to run a game. That's really (laughs) what it was. Was that the first
2: time you DM'd? Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah. But you had played with us. And we'd only done 40K (laughs) up to that point. And that's where
2: Mark We had done 240Ks. Yeah, we did too. your... We did a Death Watch one, and then we did like the homebrew.
1: homebrew chapter one. Yeah, the Astral Claws or whatever. Astro Warden, you Ast- son Ooh, of a bitch. Sorry.
2: Oh. Did you Astro- remember? Yeah, I would remember Astro Claws. Astro Claws is an existing chapter that fell to chaos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which yeah. I guess the Astral Wards kind of did, too. There was a whole thing there, but...
1: <laughs> there might have been a demon bite. summoned... <laughs>
3: There might not have been a demon
2: summoning. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, we don't know
1: who did that. (laughs) Nobody remembers.
3: If you guys have played uh, pen and paper RPGs, then you'll know that uh, when you don't play for a little while, you get the itch absolutely oh, yeah. yeah. want to play and that's what was happening for all of us and yeah. you guys were like oh you got you should run a game well you're you and are you're the story storyteller yeah. me you're yeah. the storyteller out of all of us and that was the thing too for me i i wasn't worried about telling a story but i was worried about running a game mm. and being able to do combat <laughs> yeah. and Everything that went with that. And we didn't start with Pathfinder. We started with a crazy homebrew. <laughs> we system started with homebrew, yeah. You guys created <laughs> and then argued about <laughs> e- extensively.
2: Did did you I don't recall ever arguing with Eric?
3: I just <laughs> <laughs> What would be great, and uh, I, I hope that your listeners will demand this, mm-hmm. and I should probably put something together on the Discord as well, but uh, you guys need to release the audio of you guys arguing because I know you recorded I it. I have it. <laughs> and yeah. you can find it and just play a little clip. of. There's one clip specifically where you're talking about the math and then like the minus zero and how it would work. It's in one of our oh first games. Oh, my God. And, I don't and remember you guys got this. so mad at each other. And I don't know... Yeah, I don't know who was, I think it was Mark's system, or was it your system? It was a joint. No, yeah, we made it it together.
1: This is the one that we made while you were in Florida, and we made this game while he was in Florida, and I was here, and we would literally call each other on the phone and like work on the same Google Sheet together (laughs) as we created this system. Yeah,
2: anything to avoid hanging out with my parents in Florida. Yeah, in Florida, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you weren't married at this point either, so you literally had nothing to do
3: in Florida. Yeah, this is way back. Yeah, this is. But no, I totally remember. And
2: you guys, but you
0: guys that. had
3: it was one of the the few <laughs> arguments that I have seen personally between the two of you, where it was incredibly heated. I <laughs> mean, it, it got very
2: real oh, man. and
3: awkward. As we're playing at, like, Brant's house. <laughs> yeah, Sitting wasn't he table. doing construction or something at <laughs> it that was, It was very awkward. So I, <laughs> you guys got to go and find that oh, and, man. and play I, it so as I, part of some sort I of special I think I have, episode.
1: like, 15-plus hours of that whole thing. But I'm pretty sure I've listened to that multiple times. <laughs> there was, like, a phase where uh, we weren't playing or something, and I was grinding on WoW for like days at a time and i just put that
3: on i just it's so bad but oh,
2: it's man. so
3: good yeah oh. yeah there's some good stuff in there it, so that's your so favorite That's where one. we started yeah
1: that's your favorite one kalanos
3: yeah once yeah that that was the world that you created it. that i created and i think like one of because we've had we've played a bunch of different types of games and we've also had a a good group of different people running games and everybody has their own style yeah and so like i know if i'm playing a game where mark is running it it's going to be in a, a certain kind of style when you've run different things uh, eric it's definitely been different than how mark does it or i do it and uh
1: yeah, yeah even story for some even not withstanding that we right? have
3: like- with Uh, james running it or nathan uh everybody's gonna have their own kind of way that they do things (laughs) and what they bring to the table and you kind of have to be okay with that you have to know that whoever's running the game you got to kind of make it work in their world and how they want the game to run
2: yeah yeah i i got a buddy matt who's playing and his group they they just play completely different than him and he's neat new to the group and yeah he's just trying to navigate like how to fit into this group so like came at yeah yeah oh he's playing what is he playing uh i think it's doing D D because it's got uh the robots war so it must be D and okay. D fifth edition but yeah like it is a it's it it's a thing and at some points you do have to like cave to your group dynamic for sure or find a new group like
1: yeah, you either meld with what the group wants or you find something yeah. different. Like it uh, yeah, but I do think like you play to the GM as well because in the end, like the GM has final say yeah. in everything. And as much as like I know, I have argued with GMs in the past. Like it never <laughs> it never truly gets you
2: anywhere. No, like it really doesn't.
1: there there comes a point where you have to just uh, accept that a GM doesn't think the way that you are thinking of this scenario yeah. and so like, uh, you come to a problem and you say I'd like to do this to solve this problem and the GM in the way that they're picturing it is like that's an impossibility <laughs> so pick something else yeah. and part of me wants to be like no 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 this is what I want to do yeah. and um, I know like, I can definitely be a better person in, in <laughs> avoiding those, ah. those moments. It's also fun to yell. Sometimes yeah
3: <laughs> sometimes it's fun to prove someone wrong <laughs> I, I think the things that I learned in running a game is there's certain times where you are the temptation is there to railroad things in a certain direction where you're really trying to push your players to head towards a certain event that as a you want, but you really have to be okay with not doing that and especially with with you guys, oh,
2: God. where it's,
3: it's just a little chaotic, <laughs> everything at times.
1: is just a risk in, in our games. Like, yeah. you might, if you describe like the outer building and you're like, and then across the way, there's uh, a building with a yellow top, and you say it because, oh, you just think they're you're just flushing cool out the building, we'll be, be like, city. well, why the fuck does it have a yellow top then, huh? <laughs> Let's they go, they must find be doing that. drugs in there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's and that's our group, is like, we're very Willing to jump on anything <laughs> in the game and fully explore that, and I think that's that's I think it's a good thing in our group oh, is, yeah. is we're more than happy to like just explore in in these things. Yeah. But I think as a GM, it takes a very flexible GM yeah. to make that a fun experience for us. Because yeah, you're all in it together. You got to yeah. All have fun. It's not it's yeah. not you versus the players or the players versus yeah. the other players. Everyone is trying to have a good time together, and I think it's a mark of a good GM when they're able to mesh and marry yeah. every, what everyone's idea of a good time is together. Yeah. And so. so what was your favorite RPG that we've done, Eric? Uh, honestly, and it's going to sound weird, but the Star Wars one is probably one of the, my favorite ones. I really enjoyed the game. The system. The system. Yeah.
2: The story was fun. Yeah. It, 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 I'm not... I'm also but, like
1: like I GM'd that game. Yeah. Um I'm not a super Star Wars guy. Like I enjoy it, but like yeah. I'm not I'm no Christian or Jordan or anything yeah. like that. Um so there's definitely like story things that lacked. I remember it was the doors. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that a big thing? Yeah. No, you it? got called out so hard yeah. uh by <laughs> our
3: friend Hartson uh because you said that there was The door creaked a, open or no, something. No, it was a wooden door. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And in Star Wars
1: you, you never never you, see a. wooden You very door. rarely. <laughs> yes, they see they're see a all a
3: metal door. doors everywhere, yeah. and they're me- mechanized. and, yeah. and they. they <laughs> and so you they, had just like yeah. a traditional <laughs> wooden door, like a fantasy wooden door, yeah. and uh, yeah,
2: yeah. He he. Uh, he Educated gave you a hard, me hard
3: time about that.
2: One. He's not around anymore. That's what you get. God for bless correct. his soul. That's what you get for correcting GMs. That's right. <laughs>
1: this GM. That's for
2: sure. <laughs> but no, like uh. What, what did you like about it? I,
1: I really liked the, the range bands of the system. was one of the coolest things I ever saw. Because even in that game, we didn't do much um, combat on the table. A lot of it was uh, in our mind yeah. combat. And there's... Obviously, you have to suspend some level of belief that, uh, when you're doing that. Because uh, like the picture that, you're, Peter, Peter, you're imagining when I'm describing the combat and the picture that's in my head are two very different things. So if you're trying to interact in that world, you know, both of us have to be like, come to an agreement where like, okay, like we agree that there might just be some things that might not work. So we're very, it's a very understanding system, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so everyone, like, if you're like, is there a pile of crates nearby that I can hide behind? Even as a GM, if I was like, well, actually in my mind, there weren't any crates it's much better for me to just be like, yeah, that's what you pictured. There's a pile of crates right there. Go claim your cover. Yeah. Like it's way more... Interesting. Yeah, but it's a better system, I think, that... That's just something you were all
2: building the world together. Yeah. It it
1: It felt like like what you imagined and what I imagined would come together, as opposed to
2: when it's on the table, you just, what you see is what you get. I forget the exact mechanic, but like you could do some type of critical, and then it was actually on the player to decide like the bonus effect. So it was like, Hmm. if you. Yeah, I forget exactly how it worked, but if oh, you Oh that's new, right. Yeah,
3: any role that you made, yeah. you had to kind of say like, This is what happens
2: if I succeed. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah I GM, the
3: GM would say, Okay, would you like to do it or would you like me
1: to do yeah. it? And, and it was, like it if, was yeah, yeah, that was very yeah, like good. a player.
2: Yeah, and like it was like, Okay, so I rolled a critical um, oh, I see a gas line over just over there in the corner of my eye. I shoot it. like yeah. the GM did not build that part of the world. No, absolutely like, not. yeah, it was yeah. very cool. It, yeah, I liked that game because yeah.
3: it, it was very everyone was doing it. but well, and it was a big jump for us because we had g- come from a system where everything was mapped out. Yeah, we had been doing maps for everything, every little piece in its place. <laughs> yeah, to now just playing the game in our heads and envisioning <laughs> it together.
2: So that, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. It was very different. But I really liked the Star Wars one. Hmm. Star Wars is yeah. just a good setting to role play in. I've said it a thousand times. 40K, not a good place to role play in. Well, Space it's, Marines, definitely not. Yeah, but, like, Star Wars is naturally a good setting for role playing. It very much is. Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kalanos, I think, as well. Um, Such a
1: classic. Th- so many cool adventures we did in that yeah, one.
2: Yeah, yeah, like it went on for a long time too. So there was a lot of different things like me and Eric probably both played two or three characters each in it. Each were like just, it, we had a whole saga going. It was awesome, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think the, the one thing that I aim for
3: if I'm running a game is I want to, I want to know what you guys want for your characters. Mm. And then I want to try and work with that. And I think a lot of, Like new GMs or people, they just have their own story. Yeah. And they're not really caring what your backstory is or what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're missing out on something if you don't listen to your players. And it's they get so much more invested in it if you're able to weave in a little bit of what they want yeah. with what you want and working those together. And I know for the times when I've been playing, the GMs that have done that, where they like listen and pay attention yeah. to what my character wants uh, and then use that, that's the most satisfying parts of the game for me narratively. For sure.
2: As as a GM who knows that's what you liked, I did the exact opposite with Mon Proz. Oh, your character <laughs> wants to, to, to retire. That's right.
3: <laughs> And and no, no, too. no! But at least you knew what my character wanted. Like, you paid attention. Yeah, no, they care. The, the, the
1: conflict—you knew what he wanted—and you explicitly were like, "I'm going to create internal conflict for you by deliberately not give you what you're looking for." Yeah. That's that is an intentional choice. <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah. It's not like you did it because you were pushing him to the side you still, i did it out of spite you still created pure 100 <laughs> spite you still create really good moments for role play and backstory and character development by going completely opposite to what you were looking for yeah yeah but uh, i don't think like i would not suggest a first time gm or first time role playing person participant to try and do that no. it's way more i think it's more important to dip your toe in and build like yeah. a world that it's easily satisfiable as opposed to off the bat just trying to create instant 100 percent conflict
3: yeah and i'm not saying like give your players whatever they want no of course uh, not but <laughs> definitely take into account <laughs> absolutely what they're yeah, trying to yeah. do and make that a part of your yeah, story but
1: there's also like i think that's a real lesson i think that the more you incorporate like the if you are reading a book. And you're like, this book is really shitty. Action, I don't like this book. Like, obviously you finish it, but it's a drag. Like, it's, <laughs> obviously I, you I don't know. If it's it. obvious that you finish it, but <laughs> I'm no. I'm with you. But it's a chore. <laughs> Not all of us. It's a chore at some point, right? Sure. Like, you're no longer enjoying the time you're putting into it. You're doing it because you have a pathological need to hurt yourself. <laughs> ah, right. That's obviously why, that's why we do things. <laughs> right? But no, like, but if the book is good and you are, you get, reach a point in the book and you're like, man, I couldn't, like, what would happen if this happened to this person? And then unintentionally that does happen to the character, you enjoy it so much more. So when in those games someone shares something like, oh, it would be so awesome if this happened to this, you don't pander, but you, you also want to create an environment that they also enjoy. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's like for new time, for new players for beginner players i think it's a good practice in participation to create a system that everyone thinks is awesome and cool yeah and then when you're a little more comfortable with it create tension create problems create conflict but like it's so much easier to create the good times than I think it's good practice to. And and you sure. learn like how to introduce them, and then you're like, this is the it's the right time to introduce something. Maybe this time I'll introduce a tension or a conflict yeah. or I take something away. Yeah.
2: But it's first time GM, yeah, definitely yeah, I it's think good. The to go carrot go is much better. More,
1: yes, and you can right. do this. Absolutely. Than, uh, yeah. 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 But. I think it just creates a better environment for a new player. It it I think it makes them want to come yeah. back.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so. What has been your favorite character that either of you guys have made or played? What's your all-time mm. favorite that you played oh. as? And what made him so enjoyable? I know mine. I then. think I could guess yours, too. Yeah, guess. You Zeke. Get, you it's guys, go Zeke. Ahead. Yeah. It is 100% Tell us about-
3: Zeke. Now, that's interesting because Zeke was not your first character. Not even close. And no. so your, your first character in Kalanos was... <laughs> a rogue uh, he was a dark elf he yeah, was a, what the a fuck dark is elf name? his rogue. name was Shinton Shinten <laughs> yes,
1: but everyone uh, called him Shint <laughs> and uh, my sister even made a sweater for me and she like ironed on the word Shint <laughs> and she gave it to me Unknown to her, she gave it to me for Christmas. But the week before that, Shint had actually been beheaded. <laughs> so my character, no. who I've been with for over a year in your campaign, yep. he uh, yeah, he was beheaded, and then it was <laughs> like Peter was like, "Do you want to bring him back? Like, do, are do you okay to build a new one?" And I was like, "You know what?" I think he's gone for good. (laughs) And then a couple days later, a couple days later, I got a sweater with just his name, (laughs) just across the
3: chest. Uh. uh, That was very good. So with your first character, uh, Shint, you kind of made the classic blunder of like new player to the game, where Shint is essentially a ripoff of. Driz Duerden absolutely hundred percent, and uh, which is a great way to start your yeah. first character? Pick something you like. Play I, something. And I was really, similar. I was really
1: heavy into the Forgotten Realms right. and Driz and story at this point. So,
3: but then when you came to your second character, I think you made a lot more interesting choices. You kind of came with something that was a little bit more unique. Well, I don't remember your who I played after Zeke.
1: Zeke. Was it Zeke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, Zeke was right after. Yeah, yeah.
2: it was crazy.
1: So Zeke, I played with your pirate. Yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All so, right. So tell everybody okay. about Zeke. So I actually have. Uh, sh- I don't know if I should read this, Mark. This is how. This is how long it
2: yeah, is. Yeah. Like I'm not on a timeline. Okay. I don't think Peter. I don't know if you're on.
1: So anything crazy, uh, but a very quick understanding of Kalanos is it was there was a panth- there's a, a single deity Eru.
3: Right? Yes, and Eru, which is from Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings, yes, and then the Valar from the Lord of the Rings were the deities in the world,
1: absolutely, and people
3: worshipped them, but they were angelic beings. Yes, it was basically we just took the pantheon of Middle Earth and put it and in here, put it okay. in Kalinos. so Manwe
1: was like the father deity, or like the judge deity. Like what was he again? Manwe
3: is like the leader of the Valar, right? As like second to Eru. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. First among the Valar would be okay. Manly. So this is
1: something I wrote years ago.
3: <laughs>
1: uh when I created Zeke. But
2: th- this is good to know because like when we ever do characters, we always do create like huge backstories for them, which is important. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah.
1: It it tells you how to role play. Yeah. And
3: if you are GMing a game, absolutely require at yes. least a one-page backstory for a character, yeah. And if they need it's help, worthwhile. help the person out, absolutely, or point them to resources. Yeah, or something, simple questions but, like, "What do you want? Where are you from? Where are you, what what are, are, you are you looking for? Of? Yeah, what are you
1: afraid of? What What are you really good at? Yeah, you know, like okay. Anyway, so this is it's titled Zeke and the Circle. To understand the Circle is to understand Manway's decree. After the time of great strife and Melkor was locked at the center of the world. Manwe determined that never again would he bring his full power to bear on the world of Kalanos. The world had been ripped apart. An era of war, terror, and upheaval had finally ended. Never again would he manifest as fully as he had. He cautioned the Valar that the impact they had on Kalanos was greater than they could imagine. He knew, after defeating Melkor, that the Valar are not above being affected by the world. Envy, greed, hunger for power or authority, and other vices are manifested more powerfully the more involved Valar gets with Kalanos. And so, full of love for the beings that he helped shape and the world he had helped sing into existence, he left, and the world was a little less bright. This was Manwe's decree. And yet the living of the world soon lost their way again. Without the Valar to show them the path to Eru, they chose their own paths. These led to death and death eternal. With the supplication of the other Valar to enter back into Kalanos, Manwe relented. He himself stayed in the Astral Sea on his island of Valinor, and the other Valar re-entered Kalanos to be the guides that Kalanos needed. But Manwe could not ignore the world he helped create so fully. Concerning the Circle One night, millennia ago, Manwe founded the circle. He selected 25 children. Race or gender did not matter, only the heart. Those that would value justice and penitence and righteousness above all were taken from their families and placed in Valinor. At the age of five, they were taken and trained for the next 25 years before they were released back into Kalanos. These paladins became beacons of righteousness. They were guides, judges, advisors, problem solvers, spiritual rocks, and also deadly warriors who did not hesitate to dispose of evil when it refused to atone. At the end of their long life, depending on the race of the night, they returned to Valinor to select one individual they would impart all the knowledge they had gained in their travels and experiences. This was as much of a traditional sense of knowledge transfer as much as a spiritual transfer, for when the teacher had given everything they were to their student, They expired. Their life is spent in a divine wind that carried their soul to the lands of the undying. The student then assumes the teacher's name and mantle, having completely absorbed the nature of their teacher. Each knight carries with him a soul crystal that he wears around his neck. If he dies not in the ceremony of transference, then his soul is captured inside this crystal. It is then the duty of the circle to retrieve this soul crystal, so another knight may be raised from the acolytes. When a soul crystal is destroyed, or very rarely unrecoverable, for the knights are relentless in their quest to retrieve it, then it is the duty of Grandmaster Nova to pick an acolyte to begin a brand new circle, and the story of the lost circle is put to rest. Concerning the Fallen being of the circle does not guarantee any kind of immunity to the depravities of the world, and every so often a knight falls. Most commonly, these knights fall so utterly that they become the antithesis antithesis of everything they once held so dear. They become the anti-paladin. These fallen are often hunted relentlessly by members of the circle, who view them as a bitter reminder that even they can fall. But they are powerful in their evil, they are known to outwit and outsmart the circle every so often it is unknown how many of the fallen currently reside on Kalanos and in the astral sea when a knight falls his name is forever stricken from the circle from the circle and all accomplishments and deeds burned from the annals and so the circle continues as it has for over a millennia it has been there for the rise and fall of kingdoms and empires the circle has witnessed the honor that men are capable of but also the evil
2: now Zeke <laughs> isn't that crazy though yeah what what I really like is like and even this is as a GM um, for you Peter like you allowed him to write all that backstory yeah none of that existed in, in the story that you had created exactly for us. so we haven't even got to his character and that's all a yeah thing. I create I wrote
3: your world well, effectively is and, what this was and for me it <laughs> was reading that we're a year into an existing game, <laughs> and a player comes with all of this backstory that is like huge and has so huge many implications. implications. Absolutely. Into the world. And then, but it was really cool, yep. and I liked it. And so it was just like, okay,
2: yeah. Yep. All right. No, that speaks to you as a that's, GM, like of we'll do allowing it. your vision to kind of be
0: corrupted changed,
2: changed. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah, it, it just grows grows. It yeah. grows including
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. so Tell us about Zeke. Now. So Zeke. Zeke was taken at the tender age of five from his family. Poor little man. He does not know where he is from, nor does he have any desire to find out. His name at the time was not Zeke, but it has been lost to memory once he turned 30. For the next 15 years, he was trained by tutors, priests, weapons masters to prepare him as an acolyte for his apprenticeship to a knight and at 20, he was chosen by Paladin Zeke for training. Over the course of 10 years, they spent every minute together. Paladin Zeke was raising him, just as the previous Paladin Zeke had trained him. As the 10 years Zeke's drew... all the way yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as the 10 years drew to a close, and Paladin Zeke had given everything to his acolyte, he expired in the Ceremony of Transference. He gave everything of his essence to his acolyte. Including his name and his mantle. Thus, Paladin Zeke was reborn to again help guide Kalidos. Pardon me. Uh, Woo. Barking spider in the room. Thus, Paladin Zeke was reborn to again help guide Kalidos. For 14 years, we're professionals.
2: Yeah. We are professional (laughs) podcasters.
1: Jordan will edit that out, right? Like, that's all right. For 14 years after this, Zeke traveled the world on missions given him by Manway himself, always returning to Valinor in between to rest his body and soul. Zeke was most recently tasked, ooh, with finding the Valeric champions. That was you guys. Yes, sir. And helping them in their journey. And so he again leaves with his trusty Steve Mandarb. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Uh-huh. Yes. Completely ripped off absolutely. from Wheel of Time. Yeah, to Land search and for the champions. So, if you like are familiar with fantasy, very little of that is original. Yeah, that you basically right. describe paladins. Some level, but like there's Eldar in yeah, there. Yeah, there's Eldar. The Soulstone. Yeah, sure. Yep. Right. Fallen. Uh, there is the um, am, what's the what are the guys from Name of the Wind with the blood running down their hands, the Siridae? The Ammer, The Ammer. Okay, so there, if you're familiar with the, Yes, you've taken um, things from lots yes, of different absolutely. Elements, and there's nothing wrong with that, I think. But no,
3: no, and it's... It, but there's also... Not? It's just you're... Yeah. We're doing a homebrewed fun campaign. We're absolutely, making it up. Yeah. We're working all this together and... Yeah. I loved
1: I loved that character. So what made you enjoy him so much to play uh, I as? I don't know. I wasn't good at role playing him, that's for sure. <laughs> but I love like Little hard for you to be a paladin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After going from a dark elf rogue. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um but I don't know what it was. I think it's like the aspiring like I aspire to be that level of righteous and that level of uncorrupted and pure and I think that's what really drew me to him is it wasn't my like first character that I made um, because I think a lot of people might normally gravitate toward noble and bright yeah and but this was a very noble bright character except he got screwed over royally in the game And I think that whole Fallen part I added in much later when it was apparent that he was going to become an anti-paladin. And he eventually gained, uh, like, stigmata. He eventually just literally started bleeding every time, like, he would go into battle and, like, his (laughs) blood would, like, Um, run down his like arms onto his weapons and like do more (laughs) damage (laughs) and yeah no it was just the character grew with me though and i think that was like a big thing is that this is one that actually developed because he started out as like a i wrote this story and he was a character of pure righteousness yeah and then over the course of it he digressed into this uh, truly a villain he was evil at the end of it. And I think that was kind of evil. fun. I he really, turned into an anti-paladin.
2: I really don't recall that part. Yeah,
1: It wasn't. I think he turned into an anti-paladin and then he crushed his own soul crystal, I think, in the end. He had like a moment of clarity hmm. where he was like, I can't allow this to continue. Like my circle is broken. There's no redemption for hmm. me. And so I think as his last thing. He like crushed his own soul crystal as he was dying. So he couldn't be... Okay. Taken by the, the fallen and like re given life through his okay. soul.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. But I just, I think it was the development. I think that's what I truly enjoyed about him. That's the first character that I felt actually emotionally moved sure.
2: from A to wherever. Yeah. Because everyone want a character else is very flat. Yeah. You want a character who's going to change and evolve. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. everyone else was, everything I played before that just felt really boring yeah. after I played Zeke. Hmm. So. And I think that was when I really started to write backstories that invited conflict and tension.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Peter? What? No. What about for you? I'm I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this yet.
2: So I, I have two. I have one that I liked playing, but it wasn't a good character. I really liked playing Spicy Pete. Okay. <laughs>
3: like. I love Spicy Pete.
2: Spicy, yeah, spicy Pete was,
3: was a very unique idea yeah. for a character. And. At first, I had no idea what was going on. I don't <laughs> think it's hard, anyone did. Hard to
1: tell if, I don't is think
2: this Mark trust,
3: knew what was happening. It was hard to know, is Mark just trolling <laughs> this game? Like, does Mark secretly hate <laughs> us all? And he just is punishing us in how he's playing this game? Or is there some, like, actual yeah. genius behind this, all cloaked in madness? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, Spicy Pete was fun to play. Basically, um, he was... Like a filthy homeless person, and he had a bag of magic mushrooms. So at the very beginning of every game, I would take a mushroom and I would Google random character generator and I would generate a character for that game. I would generate, like, personality traits. So it was fun because every char- every game I had Spicy Pete that I would play for a bit, and then I would take a mushroom, and that would be a completely different character for the rest of the game. Yeah, you would play, like, you'd play like a bureaucrat. Y- yeah, You'd go exactly. from a homeless person to a bureaucrat. Like a sophisticated... Or fancy, mm, yes, yeah, a dandy. Like, yeah, so it was really fun to play, but... Or a scientist, even. Yeah, like. but there was no emotional attachment to him, so, like, he was fun to play, but my my favorite character that I've... Got involved with emotionally was uh, Jake Jericho. Jake Jericho. And that he plays. Fucking he- pirate. <laughs> he plays heavily into Eric's character because a part of uh, me and Eric, we rolled like, these characters at the same time. Yeah. And we even did a session together. Before we joined the main group. Yeah. Um, that
1: was so weird. Why did we do that?
2: No, it was awesome. No, I though. know it was. It was but so it's cool. just that was me. What,
1: like yeah. a special snowflake thing? We were like, Peter, come GM a game just for you. We were so excited <laughs> about I, both your characters, of course, so. yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, so my, my pirate was just, he was your stereotypical pirate, you know, like very swashbuckler esque or whatever. Um, but throughout his arc, he hung out with Zeke long enough and was like, Learning to redeem himself, so hmm. he was always doing like villainous things and stuff, but he was trying to be good. But yeah, because
1: a- Zeke would Zeke was an asshole
2: about everything,
1: <laughs> right? But even still, like he was still good. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So it, it was fun to like, you know, one moment you're doing something like stealing, in the next moment you're like, oh man, I should probably not do that and give it to the poor or something. But the ultimate moment for his character was. At the very end of the campaign, when he was dying, um, he basically was like, "Well, this is my last chance for redemption." And he he had a bunch of gunpowder on him because he was a,
3: well. A so pirate.
2: we had it wasn't necessarily
3: the end of the campaign, it, for,
2: the end of his life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, we both but we, we know didn't... that when Mark ends a character,
3: <laughs> it ends the campaign. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was a timed event that I had set up for you guys. Yeah, you, you needed to get to a certain place in a certain number of turns. And diffuse this thing that was gonna go off. And then it was becoming increasingly apparent that it wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> Couple you characters guys, started dying. Yeah, it was just getting really,
2: really scary for everybody. And then that's when Yeah, so then I uh like I got mortally wounded or something. So I, I took all my gunpowder and ran at the big bad and blew up myself as like one act final act of like i'm gonna do something good with my life and save the world you know it was just a good transition from like you know being this you know swashbuckling pirate to like actually trying to make something useful and worthwhile of his life so it was yeah. fun it was fun to play because I, I got he changed he changed and that is the same thing with mine and your character yeah. um you know you, we experienced growth <laughs>
1: exactly on the character yeah yours for good and mine for <laughs> bad <laughs> yeah yeah Oh
2: man. The, the, the other funny moment with that character was. Are you uh, talking about Flieris? <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. the, the, I, I knew this was going to come yeah, up. Yeah, there was a chick who was playing with us and uh, her character died. And then uh, I basically. But
1: someone brought up, like, well, what are we going to do with all of Flieris' stuff?
2: And at that moment, I'm like, oh, she was my lover. And like, my character started to break down, made up this whole elaborate backstory. So she was an elf, like a high elf like didn't want to associate with humans, so I'm like we had to keep our relationship secret that's yeah. why none of and you knew and she's there in the room <laughs> listening to him talk
1: about this and it's all bullshit and she's like yelling at him like how dare you do this but Mark's just yeah. like rolling these, like everyone is deceived by him and he, you yeah. got all her stuff
2: yeah and I even went to like the, her family like her parents <laughs> yeah. and like inherited money from them and she's like <laughs> this lie that you
1: made classic that was good Peter, you got one yet?
3: Oh man, I've just been uh, going back and looking through uh, some old characters I had. So uh, first ever character was uh, Skillmung, yeah, the space oh my god uh, space wolf tech marine. (laughs) That's (laughs) so long ago. That was the first. That was my first introduction into 40k, where you guys like sent me the Death Watch book, and I'm like reading through it, and I'm I'm learning about. Tech Marines and yeah, all and space of this wolves. and Space Wolves for the very first yeah. time and uh, so that was a that was a fun character just because I had no idea what I was doing yeah and I was all I kind of wanted to become like a, a Pokemon trainer I was just wanted <laughs> to there was like an animal handling kind of a, a skill yeah. built into Death Watch okay that I was really good at. And then I just kept trying to tame animals. There was a way you could do it. Oh, because you wanted a wolf. And then Mark hated it so much. No, I had a wolf, but I wanted to tame any other creature that I found. Or something like that. Okay. So that was a fun character. Uh, I think my favorite character is uh, Mokrin Cronweir. Oh, yeah. Which is from a game that Eric <laughs> ran. Know, I
1: actually really enjoyed that game. As much all of them as, have been good. As much as, like, I got a lot of shit for that game <laughs> and I gave a lot of shit for that game, I enjoyed that one.
3: <laughs> Eric running a game was very interesting.
2: <laughs> That's one way to Because uh,
3: he was very different from Mark <laughs> yeah. uh, or from myself. You're very yeah, technical. All of us are very different. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, you created a massive world yeah. that uh, took a long time to travel around. And you, you were definitely <laughs> you were a stickler yeah. for all.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
3: All the little details. I was. Yeah, so this like, journey
2: is going to take you 24 days. How much food do you bring? Yeah, like, how are you <laughs> going to eat? You're running low yeah, on food. Yeah.
3: You're trying to like, we had to go to farmers and like beg for food <laughs> for our horses. Yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> all sorts of things like that. So, Mocker and Croninger, And that was very different from what we're used to because we, we never yeah, it's play. It was very like loosey goosey, yeah. kind of before. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: that was the first one I ever GM'd. Hmm. It was. Was that?
3: Well, yeah. for the first, yeah, campaign. Yeah. You had done some one offs, I remember, in, even in 40 in yeah. House, I think, as well. I did a one off. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Mokrin Cronweir was a 22-year-old. You have a story, Samar Oracle. Yeah. Read us his story. You want me to read? this How to long you? is it? It's not that long. Read it's us not a long story. Not as long as yours. All right. This read is us a story. this is Mochran. I'll tell you where how Mokrin started out, and then I'll explain what Mokrin was becoming <laughs> over the course <laughs>
1: of the
2: game. Oh, yeah, yeah, do you remember? Yeah, that? Okay. All right. So, oh, uh,
3: <laughs> so here's my backstory. My parents were adventurers. My father resembles a human, but has Asimar blood, and my mother was a full ASMR. Uh What is Asimar? Asimar is like angel kind of angelic. The, they're
1: half angel, half human, right? Yeah,
3: they're okay. they're an, angelic kind of beings. Okay. Uh, I have jeweled eyes, emerald. My skin is a tanned golden, but not so far from most tanned men in the summer months. Uh, my hair is brown, messy in shoulder length. I tie it back like a warrior but more to keep it out of the way for my studies than for any combat purpose. (laughs) We've always lived in a big city. My parents settled down there. We don't really know any other ASMR. Uh, We are mostly surrounded by humans. My father works at the university. My mother works as a captain in the city guard. I have a brother and a sister, both younger. From childhood, I've always loved the night sky, the stars, the moons, the darkness. I put moon... And then I put in plural like S with a question Question mark. (laughs) I don't know how many moons there are in this world. I'm not answering. That became a big uh, topic of discussion. (laughs) And how the sun worked. Yep. (laughs) My parents would take me out to go stargazing and point out the constellations. My parents went up into the heavens on one of their adventures long ago. I think that's where they met. They don't speak of it much. I guess it's hard for them to find words to describe what they saw, but it sounds amazing. When I was 13... I gained my power. I was out in the country with my family. I went for a walk at night and was gazing up at the stars. I saw a shooting star, then another, and another. Then it seemed as if the stars themselves were all crashing around me, and I felt power, power that I didn't ask for, power I didn't even want, filling me, overwhelming me, spilling out of me. Then the light of the stars faded. My parents found me passed out on the grass the next morning. Ever since then, I've had the magic. The stars seem to have chosen me, although I don't really know why. Now that I have this power, I'm determined to use it for good. I try my very best to help those around me. Ever since my power came, I've been studying the stars, constellations, the movement of the planets. I've created my own star charts and tried to determine what messages are written in the stars. All the breakthroughs I've had with my powers have come from my connection with the stars. So I try to find time each night to stargaze. In my 13th summer, after the incident with the falling stars, I started to have strange things happen near me. Oh, yeah. Small objects seem to move on their own. <laughs> Doors slammed. Things were never where I last placed them. And I would hear strange sounds, almost voices. Then I met Jespa, my fairy friend. Well, that's what I call her. At least I think she's a friend. She can get moody and isn't always nice or kind. Sometimes she talks to me. Sometimes she just messes with my stuff. People think it's strange when I talk to her. No one else seems to hear her or see her. I try to keep her a secret. Recently, in the last year, I've discovered another spirit lurking about. I call him Eskaloth. He is not as playful as Jespa. Instead, he is much more evil, I guess. He gives me bad vibes, <laughs> but he's not around all the time. I just try to ignore him most of the time. I remember that. That was so fun to play with. Yeah. <clears throat> So like, yeah, I gave you yeah. control of Jespa and of Escala, yeah. and you could talk to me through them. <laughs> I was an oracle, and so that was kind of uh, I had like that was how cool you gained knowledge
1: that wouldn't but, otherwise be known.
3: Yeah, so in making my character, yeah. I tried to give myself a focus, and that was like stars, and so then you could kind of hopefully like use some of that work with some of that. I was I was all about stars and star charts and that's why I kept asking you how <laughs> the stars and the moon and uh, the sun worked. Did I ever give you a satisfying no. answer? Well you told us that we were on like a flat Disc. Well, the earth is flat. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) the earth uh, is flat. Mm -hmm. Then we were trying to figure out how the sun worked on this disc. (laughs) And yeah, you would just only get very, very frustrated with us. Nothing I ever said satisfied. (laughs) You didn't have answers for us. I
1: said it moved. What's the problem? You're not scientists. You don't know what gases it's made of. (laughs) Because it wasn't, it was just a reflecting plate. Oh, of, of course, all the light they anyway the so that hot, was just kind
3: back. of the starting point just kind of some fun mechanics yeah. then as it went along and i started leveling up i decided what i really wanted for my character <laughs> was to become the leader of a cult <laughs> yeah i, I just that. wanted to gain <sighs> oh, influence popularity and, popular- and <laughs> yeah. people around me and there was like a, a Uh, there's like a trait or a feat that you could take at like level 10 where it was like leadership and then you could have like a a servant and you could (laughs) command people. And I just wanted to create like this army of people of my followers. (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, I was on track for my goal (laughs) you did
2: start a cult and had some guys had a little bit going oh yeah
3: like you would you reached towns
1: that you've never been in before and people had heard of you (laughs) that was the point you were at like it might not have had a presence in the town yet but they knew the idea of your cult
3: so it was there
2: Yeah.
1: yeah
3: and then uh died too soon
1: a
0: crocolis,
2: <laughs> tail in the
3: middle of a lake hit me in the head <laughs> yeah. with oh its man. tail, and I died in one hit. Too young, yeah. too young. Instant, instant death. <laughs> it, was, it was massive it was damage, and no chance at a save <laughs> no. or anything. Just the GM, yeah. and then you could just see Eric me. like,
2: "Huh." <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so then I played Machrin's father, Orkin. Yeah. And he came... And what's Orkin's most famous thing that he's known for? <laughs> was it Orkin? I couldn't remember. So Orkin made it to the edge of the world. Yeah. And Orkin uh He was, was mad
1: at the gods for taking away his son. That's right. Yeah.
3: And by gods, I mean the GM. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the gods. Yeah. I was mad and... <laughs> So Eric sets up this big, beautiful moment, takes us to the there edge. Was a, and there
1: were so many stars because there was a god that would literally came out of the stars. them. Like It was the perfect moment for, for Mokrin, Mokrin. Yeah,
3: who, was dead, <laughs> who was dead, but Orkin didn't care about the stars. <laughs> he was just mad at the death of his son. An uh, injustice, he viewed it as. That's right. Yeah. And so uh, he peed off of the edge of the world that was and that made you so mad i was pissed (laughs) you were really mad that i you set up this big beautiful moment and i'm like i whip my dick out and i just start pissing
1: (laughs) it was the edge it's one of those things like
3: but what what do you do no it's me i'm (laughs) on the edge of the world you gotta pee off the edge of the world that's
1: it's just it's and that's an instance of you And me coming to the same thing and having two very different (laughs) ideas of what the right thing to do there is, because there's like in in the what I was trying to do is instill a sense of awe, right? Right. And that's obviously what I was trying to do. And however, like, but your character obviously just wasn't irreverent moment. Yeah, but your character was just like, I'm not awed by this because of all the things that are running through my head at the time. And so, what did you do? I pushed you off the edge of the world. I fell off the edge of the world. (laughs) That's what happened, and you died. I'll happen.
2: Die.
1: <laughs> you didn't die. No. <laughs> but you fell off the edge of the world. That was your comeuppance.
3: But that was a fun character. Mokrin? Mokrin. I I it's the what could have been mm. of that character. The cult died leader. too young. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a lot of things about that game too. I uh, the maps
3: that I made, like yeah, there some good ones. They were a good map maker. You also, I like, have a very puzzle created. Mind. That's right, yeah. like the dungeons, and there was electrical currents that we had to do things with. It was very different from what Marker I would have done. Yeah, uh, but it was really cool to see because yours was more of like a video game kind of mechanic where you had to solve puzzles yeah. and really think about things creatively.
1: Yeah. I, like, I definitely know, even because I'm planning... Oh. Ooh.
0: Oh, what's something. this?
1: Oh, you've got something in the works. Something is in the works <laughs> that's been stewing for probably, like, eight months now. It's been a while. Yeah, okay. this is not a new thing. And every time, like, I sit down and think about it, it's very much, like, there's a theme that I've chosen, and I'm sticking to it. And I'm, I, and everything that comes back to me is puzzles, it seems to me, is like I love putting in things to figure out in the games. And, um, cause I feel like they catch, they capture my attention very easily. Hmm. And so obviously I'm like, well, this would be so cool. Cause that's just what I know. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It's very obvious. It runs through, cause I have all those maps. Hey. I still have them. And I (laughs) I had
3: the Kalanos maps for a long time. I don't know if I still do because I moved. Oh, okay. I rolled
1: them up with all my posters. Yeah. (laughs) I had them for a long time. But I, I still even look at those maps every once in a while and I'm like, man, like I remember running through this dungeon. And I remember the like the it was the mirror thing. There was a mirror and there was an empty like water stand in the room. And it there was a, a cup there, but it didn't make any sense because there's no water in it to fill the cup with. Yeah. But in the mirror there was water. And it was you had to do your action in the mirror. And it was fun because it you didn't figure it out right away. And that was the most interesting thing to me is I love it when you have to I have to hint or tease you to the solution. And you're like, Oh my god, why didn't I see that? You know, yeah. it was just it was in the mirror and
3: Yeah. Bonus favorite character. Uh, I'll throw in Takis Oedipus,
1: who <laughs> yeah.
3: was with the Astral Wardens. Was
1: uh, he our sergeant?
3: Yeah, yeah. and eventually, uh, did he? Some of the things that you'll yeah. find when you're playing in an RPG, at least I find mm. this as a player, is I have to try and stop myself from leading the group, mm. from just like taking over. And I know that you you are kind of the Absolutely.
1: same. Absolutely, mm. I. You and I butt heads if we're not careful about
3: what direction
1: a group should go in.
3: (laughs) Even when I don't want to be like a leader character, I become (laughs) the leader of the party. Well, that was Mon Pros. Yeah, and that was exactly Mon Pros. I tried so hard (laughs) to set myself up as anything but the leader. But Takis was like a natural leader. leader, And he wanted to be the chapter master, (laughs) even though he wasn't necessarily qualified. That was the goal. Yeah, got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Holy! And that was when my character died. Then you, uh, you brought the little figure and put it outside my house and surrounded it. With, <laughs> do it you guys remember yeah, that? The pylons, yeah. put the, the pylons. pylons. Yeah, Mark and I went and bought
1: um, just like a bunch of those like toy soccer pylons at like a dollar store, <laughs> and we went to Peter's you house. You harass
3: me. Yeah. Put them on my <laughs> truck. Yeah. We bought. We <laughs> bought like fifty of them. Yeah.
1: But like every day, we would just drive to his house and put like one and then one, and then some days we would put ten all over his yard, and then some days we wouldn't put any, and we would let a week go by, and then we'd put more on his yard. Like, I think it was an entire summer that we trolls you with you those did, yeah. traffic codes. Uh,
2: that's nice. What a, what a
3: fun thing, though, right? Like A little um, ominous. Ominous, yeah. Ominous. Ominous. What did your ominous. wife think? She, uh, she just knew it was you. Guys. Yeah, she yeah. didn't care. She, She's like, you know. those idiots. Yeah, Again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So okay. So we've shared. All right. We've talked about our favorite RPGs. We've talked about our favorite characters. We've talked about what we like about it. But I have a question. Um, I guess I have two questions. It, so Kalanos was your favorite. If there was one thing you could have done differently as a GM in that in that game, do you know what it would be? Have you ever thought about it?
3: Oh well, like I've learned a lot since starting out that yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, think about that. So there's, I don't know, there's a lot of little things. It's hard to put my finger on just what exactly I would do differently. Hmm. Um, I definitely, well, here's what I would say, because uh, I've thought about this, because I think anybody who's done it, you're always thinking about like, man, if I were to run another game, here's, yeah, here's what, what I would I do better. here's how it. Yeah. But what I would want to do if I was starting a new game is I would want to include the players in creating the world. Really? Mm -hmm. And so I would want to take the first session, get everybody together, even before anybody's made their characters. Of course, everyone's going to have ideas in the back of their head. Well,
1: that should only help in world development, right? But I
3: would say, all right, what kind of a game do we as a group want to play? Like, Mm. is this going to be like Lord of the Rings style fantasy? Is this going to be a little bit more like zany and goofy, which our group sometimes can be. It can happen. Uh and so because I think like that's what happened the one time um where we played a game and we were on like uh an island that was very much like Greece. And Mark had a character and it was like his character didn't work with the world. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so, so you I, just I, abandoned your character right off the yeah, bat. It just
2: wasn't going to work. That, that was you, James's. Though. So basically oh. I came up with a character who was oh, basically yeah, he yeah, basically wrote a bunch of stories but he was a fraud. And he didn't actually write any of these stories. And then he was shipwrecked on a place that never had any of his books. So it's like my whole character was like, well... He was supposed to be famous. He was supposed to be this a, famous well guy. Well-known in yeah. this country. And yeah. So literally I played one session with him and then I'm like, well, okay, I'm done. In
3: the middle of the first game, Mark killed his character off. E- yeah. And But I think that's where... Some of those things that's so awesome. I want that's so you. <laughs> I want to have a, a world where it's where you get to have your idea of the circle in mm. it from yeah. the beginning no, that you that's... get to bring the ideas of like stories or whatever it is yeah. that you like and everybody gets to add a little bit hmm. and so we decide like are there elves and dwarves and what and it would just be cool to have a 2 hour kind of conversation where we yeah. just write some things down in a Google doc and then from that now I I'm still doing all the heavy lifting of creating yeah. the world, but now we all walk away from it, and you're creating your characters. Yeah. Oh, and with I've, that I'm pulling mind.
1: ideas of what other people wanted in the world because I'm oh, I never thought of that before. And then you get
3: instant investment from all the players mm-hmm. because you have a part in this world. I like that idea. Whereas yeah. if I'm just bringing my world that i have yeah i have to sell you guys on it and i got to convince That's, you like yeah. this is the way it is so if you're in on the ground level it's going to be a whole kind of different game i have never we're going to have to definitely
1: try that then yeah i've never even considered that as an option but i i, I like that yeah. yeah i like that yeah yeah i like that <laughs> yeah
3: did you have another question
1: um so? yes the the other question was so i've shared a character You've shared, like, I've shared what I wrote for my character. You shared what you wrote for your character. You shared the story of Jake Jericho. It's kind of pretty short, but, yeah, like, the, um, when you write a character, like, there's got to be a couple things that you think are essential for, like, writing an actual character. And, and I think there are. And, like, mine is almost always going to be, like, your character has to have a weakness. Uh, there has to <laughs> yeah. be there has to be room for failure, fatal flaw, mm-hmm. a fatal flaw. Yeah, like what is uh, like what are they tempted by? What what um, could cause them to stray from the path that they're on? And I think that not a lot of people love to say like their uh, how great their character is, and I think it takes like a little more reflection to think of what's your character bad at? Or what are they known for doing that is a fault? Like maybe your character is just a, like an, a raging alcoholic. Like, yeah. But it tries to do all these other things. And it's just that's the flaw that's constantly nagging at them the entire game <laughs> is that they're desperately craving a drink. Yeah. And that's like super hard to play with now, right? So I think that everything needs conflict.
2: That's that's one thing that I will always yeah, write in, into with my us, character. with With any, any type of story. Right. For sure.
3: Yeah, the two, the two ways that I think about it is what does my character want? And every character wants something, whether you're writing it in a story or whether it's a character that you're going to play. There's something that you desire, something that you're trying to get out of life, whether that's just like I want to find out who my parents are yeah. or, you know, I want revenge or I just wanna I want to be financially riches. secure. Yeah, yeah. like – Every character wants something. And so a good character, you're going to be able to easily say, this is what I want. Because that will affect
1: the decisions you make. If the GM gives you a choice, you run it through, what does my character want? It's very obvious that my character doesn't give a crap about riches, but he does care about this information. So then I I choose to
3: go that way. And kind of off of that is then like, what am I willing to do
1: to get (laughs) that?
3: (laughs) And answering some of that, and then the other yeah. The how other far how part, far am I willing am I willing right, to kidnap for the riches, people for yeah. revenge, or is my character like a, a normally good person, right? Unwilling to break the morals that they've created. So you got to know what your character wants, and then you got to know what is your character afraid of. What mm-hmm. is the thing that frightens your character? Because if you look at like good characters in any sort of media, uh, what's that thing that they the worst thing that could happen to them, the thing they're afraid of, the thing they don't want to have happen. So where you're going, what you want, and then what Hmm. you're afraid of. Yeah. I think those are very essential.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, especially even writing a story, I think that helps. Like, for every character in your story, um, like, what I, I think of the, like, the last Necron story I wrote, um, I think her name was Ta- Takun or whatever, the female Necron, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? What she wa- She desperately wanted was to expand her um, cognitive ability. Yeah. She was desperate to continue growing, and she was absolutely terrified of losing what she had. Yeah, And that was the conflict that happened in her story is she was pushed forward because of her desire to get more and also her fear of losing what she had and I think that's actually really important for any time you're writing a story with even like supporting characters it's good to just jot down like what's a very simple thing that they like uh, something that they want and then something that they're afraid of it just it can yeah. really help in building dialogue even yeah. between characters I think
3: yeah and for one of our campaigns that I ran where we're doing it in uh, the Lord of the Rings universe I just sent out like a survey monkey out to the players with just a few questions for them to answer just what does your character want? Yeah. You know, what are you willing to do to get that? Just to <laughs> kind of get them thinking that and then giving me that information so that I could weave that into the story. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think that means a lot. Like, it, it really makes you a part of the story when the GM is willing to add in things that potentially change the world they created,
2: but much better for the player. Yeah, yeah. So I got one more thing. All right, Um, on the topic of role playing. Sure. So this is something that happens quite often with groups and stuff. Where how do you get your players all on the same page? Oof. What's the best way to kind of get? Because it's so often where it's like you, especially you you bring in an NPC. (laughs) <laughs> and, who, who you bring mm-hmm. in an inquisitor uh-huh. who forces them to do his will. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone has their own motivation. Everyone wants to do their own thing. How do you keep them all kind of going the same direction? Because I know for myself, it's like... That's I, always a question we ask, I've, I've I've written a couple characters where I just like, fuck, I regret writing them because he just doesn't mesh well.
1: Yeah, like his motivation is very different from
2: yeah. the, the motivation of the group. Yeah. No, that's See,
3: a real problem. For me, though, like I... Yeah, that's always an interesting part of it because I, yeah. I remember some of the times where it's like all the other characters are very good and then one of the characters is not a good guy. Yeah. And then there's the opposite that's been true <laughs> where everybody's kind of sketchy and then there's this one character that's like, no, we always have to do the right thing. But... For me, that just adds to conflict, which is good for the game. But you have to want that as a player,
2: yeah. and if you feel like you're always bumping up, against you have to the be group, okay with that as a group.
1: Yeah, because
2: because the, there's always the the fear of like separating a party or like why am I doing this with you guys? Like why do I not just leave? How and, do you keep characters from just leaving? And that's where you have to
3: have like there's certain buy in that's required. Yeah, and you have to you have to be a little bit flexible if you want to play a game it is a team in this thing. idea. Yeah. Because it's there are certain game. things that need to happen. For instance, yeah, we are some sort of a group and we all have to be okay with the fact that we're going to be doing an adventure together. Yes. Yeah. Because if, if you start off episode if you have a one character that's absolutely like, hating each other, right. how is that going to be fun or for anyone? Or I don't anyone? work with anybody, I'm a lone absolutely. wolf. Absolutely. Well then, yeah, you just then written by. yourself out of the game <laughs> and you're not yeah. going to have any fun. For sure. And so... Even if you have like the coolest character, the best ideas, you have to be willing to give a little to the group around the table. And so, I think there yeah. there are some usually unwritten rules that it comes to like playing, and that's where you don't want like one person at the table to be railroading things in one direction and just like <laughs> we've learned that from experience, mm, have we? Um, and then, yeah, you also like I. I don't really like it if there's somebody who's just really quiet at the table. Like, I want to try and engage them and get them to talk. <laughs> I want you to participate. Yeah. And especially if you're going to play with the three of us, like, you better have <laughs> something to bring because we're just going to dominate otherwise. <laughs> we're just going to go off on a two-hour conversation in this inn, <laughs> and we're just going to take over your yeah. whole game. So I think part oh, of Oh, you that-
1: wanted us to fight sewer rats? No. Nah, today, mm, we're nah, going bro. to the
3: psychosis
1: of when a ate her parents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that's where... For for some of us, we have to step back a little bit and try to draw out some other players and get them hmm. to be involved. But yeah, I think in our group, we're all very
1: comfortable with the level of participation. I am sure. totally okay with taking a back seat on some uh, games. Like yeah. there are some games where I am not involved. I'm literally there to, like, okay, it's combat's turn, it's Ephemia's turn, roll your dice, you're not going to do anything anyway. But yeah. even during the story, I'm not involved, it's not my scene. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But if it were that every game, I would feel very out of it. But, like, you know that there's some games where you just don't contribute. And it's yeah. okay, because everyone else gets their shot at having, like, a meaningful experience within their world and i think that's a very cool thing is when you can be understanding enough to recognize like okay like this is peter's game this one peter is like going through some real stuff that the gm is introducing and some conflict that he's going through and i will support his character in this and he can interact with me or i can interact with him but truthfully it's his story in this moment, yeah. And I think we're pretty good yeah. about doing that, about sharing that spotlight. On
3: yeah, us. the best players are the ones who are able to do that. Who I care about Mark's character enough that when he gets his cool moment, I'm not just like on my phone and like completely checked or, or out, or, just, even or you don't try, try railroading it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or like you let them jump have it, yeah. their cool moment. Yeah, it's you want to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah.
1: you yeah. only want to heighten the experience for other players. like yeah. if you if you don't feel that way, like you probably should take a step back and look at why you're playing this game it's a very much a team sport yeah Yeah.
3: and ideally if you're starting out a game that's a great time to just set some kind of ground rules hopefully get everybody on the same page but yeah it sucks when you're in a game and it's not going that way and there's one jerk who's just (laughs) taken over or just doing whatever they want or yeah
2: yeah Hmm. so the big takeaway is it's a team game yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If that's all what you all, that's what I'm taking away. Sure.
1: Yeah, it is. A, it is a team game, yeah. and you Are you all cool there as to it, enjoy as and cool have as it can be. You're all you're trying to make the experience good for everyone. Yeah. If it's only good for one person, I think you missed out. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Well. Hmm. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, gross! <laughs> There's more spiders in here. My God. <laughs> Uh, I, what did we have ne- We're at,
2: yeah, we're so at we, like we, 80 we,
1: minutes in.
2: Yeah, we were going to talk a little bit about like how to actually write a story. I think we covered a lot of yeah, that Yeah, I think we already. got some of the storytelling like, there. yeah, yeah you, when you're telling a story, you, you want conflict. Yeah, what's the difference
1: between writing a story for a person and writing a story for a chapter? Like there's still, the elements are all the same. Yeah. You still need to know the motivation of the story. Like and yeah. you need to know what, what conflict intention to bring into a story. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah.
2: I I've read uh lots of listener lore from all manner of skilled people and not skilled people, but some of them like some of the ones that have written like not well still are very cool just because they they understand like those principles like I I understand it I'm a horrible writer but I know like conflict so right you so can definitely still
1: get your idea across yeah. maybe you aren't using proper punctuation exactly. and your grammar's so, a little weird but the idea you're trying to communicate is exactly
2: what we're looking for. Exactly. So it doesn't matter how good you are at writing. You're going to start off bad. Some will start off good. You can always improve. Um, And you'll get the opposite of, well, where people who can write really well, but it's just not interesting, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. If you're going to write a story, just... Keep those two things in mind. And, and, How and, hard
1: can it be? No, just keep, keep, keep those like
2: couple <laughs> things in mind. Like, yeah, yeah. know where the story is going to go and no conflict. Like, yeah. that's and such a huge thing. And there's
1: nothing wrong with creating your story outside of what you're writing, what you're sharing with us. Like, something that is interesting to know is, uh, so every character that I have named in my Necron I have a little thing written about that character that you might never interact with. Sure. And you might never fully see that character fleshed out in my stories. But hopefully when I'm introducing them in my stories, you get little hints of it. Right. And, and it, just, it also means I'm consistent every time. Like uh, you meet w- one character from one story to the next. They should be the same character because yeah. they're coming from the same place yeah it's also okay yeah to expand your story beyond what you share yeah
2: yeah and just don't be too too worried about if you can't find all the exact right words for everything like that's what the internet's for yeah for me
3: the the one thing i would say is like i i love a good story i love a good plot i love where it's going something uh, somewhere but what i'm really in it for is the characters yeah. And if, it, if you've got good characters that I'm rooting for or rooting against or that I care about in some way, even in a short form, uh, I'm so much more invested in that story than just a whole bunch of really cool stuff happens. Yeah, that's great, too. But I want the characters and the books that I love the most, the series that I love the most have amazing characters fits. Fitz is without a doubt one of the. best Let's just characters. spend the next twenty minutes listing off
2: amazing characters. <laughs> uh, I I sure. got one. Okay. Really, oh, okay. I got one really good character here that. Uh, I'm just. I'm just. A little I'm terrified. That I have no idea what's going
1: on. What is it? What's it from? I'm very scared.
2: It involves Peter, and it's from the the Liber Malleus. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, and it's reclusiarch Peter. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we came up with like all the characters for like our Libra Malius. I don't know yes. if we ever talked to you about this, but like, so yeah, we, we
1: gave you a name in oh, our. In our, yeah, I did not chapter. hear that. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. And we'll so, at some point also give you a model, and yeah. we'll put your nameplate on that model, oh, and goodness. you'll be immortalized in the Liber Malius. It's because you contribute so much. Yeah, to the, you're part of Lorehammer. Amazing. Yeah.
3: So, can my helmet just be a little taller
2: than everyone else's? <laughs> hmm. We could probably make we that probably work. make that work for you, but uh, so you're a recluse, which okay. is a chaplain. So you have like oh, it plays see, into like I your see. actual career. You're, yes. you're a pastor, so like now you're you're part of the spiritual. Okay, yeah. Thing. Um, I'm in charge of all you heathens. I <laughs> yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> the pagans. Um, so we ca- we came up with like just very very minor backstory for all right. Well, not even backstory really. We just have a quote for you. Okay. And uh, your quote is, the curses cursed xenos must be laid low again and uh, you specialize in purging eldar for their arrogance in existence only to then steal and study their ancient data (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah so i like it reclusiarch pitor (laughs) pitor i love it yeah i feel very honored you should i do yeah yeah, so you're going to hold a place in the in the Malleus. Perfect. I'm surprised we never told you about that. Uh, yeah, but. I can't believe we didn't either. No, I, I'd heard about the project. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't realize my place. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're, oh, it's there. You're in the you're in the higher echelons of yeah, it. But. Amazing. So we got one final topic. I think we got a couple more yes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll that, that is all right. Peter. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. When are you going to start playing 40K when with are you us? Gonna, when are you going to well. get an army and play with us? <laughs> how
3: long has it been, really? What do we have Really, how long has it been that you've been trying to <laughs>
2: lure me? Did,
1: when
3: you first made your Tech
1: Marine, I think it was at that point that you went out and bought your Space Wolf box. I did buy a box of Space Wolves. And that would have been like 10 years ago. <laughs> I had a
3: terrible experience going in cold. Yeah, But you I, also didn't I ask brought, anyone for I brought advice. my wife into uh, the Games Workshop store or whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, which terrified her. <laughs> uh, this is a new world. I don't like it. We we bought a box, and then I took it home, and I had no idea what I was doing. I started putting them together, and then I'm so proud. Like I, I've built like a couple guys, glued them all together, and then I'm <laughs> showing you. But I've put the wrong like weapons oh, yeah. on the models together, <laughs> and then you you know what they all are, yeah. and you're pointing it out to me, and then I just <laughs> oh, I, I have no devastated. idea what I'm doing. Yeah, emotionally. Just and then just I raw. then I try to paint with no Ooh. experience, and I don't have brushes, and I'm using a toothpick, and it's just <laughs> that's it's a mark. <laughs> it's all going terribly, uh, and so so
2: so if there is one thing you wish you knew when you were starting then, like what would have helped you ultimately when you were starting out?
3: I thought the most confusing part was just to me, I'm like, I want this guy to look cool. Yeah. And so That's a big part of a, 40K. This is a yeah. cool gun. I'm gonna put this on him. And but I didn't have any real sense of what it all meant. Yeah. Point values or yeah. how certain things work together and other things don't and you can't have just you can't just make them carry whatever you think is yeah. cool there's some sense to it or at least it seems I think, there's, is.
2: I think
1: there's a truth into it but I don't think it's the whole truth I think if you're modeling for the sake of modeling like when it comes to a space marine you can give that sergeant whatever weapon you want him to have if you want that sergeant to have a plasma cannon do it because <laughs> it's your chapter and if that chapter says sergeants have plasma cannons they're not a codex chapter obviously they just do whatever they want But if your intention is to play the game, I can understand how that is very daunting to be like captains can only use this stuff and it costs this many points. And so that I think is a, a little more involved. Yeah. So I think there is a truth into it, but I don't think it's the only truth. So, True. but like
2: going into it now, now that you would know that hypothetically going into it now, it would be a different situation. Hypothetically, than, but not hypothetically. Yeah. You know? I,
3: I mean, uh,
1: like no, when, no, like
2: I, I'm not really uh, trying to peer pressure. Him into, I am like, definitely <laughs> trying to. peer. Pressure. <laughs> so, so that was a big thing. Like, but now knowing like there is stuff like that with that make it a little easier to kind of do? Like, would you yeah, what, would into you, it?
1: Would you focus on making it tabletop legal or would you focus on just making it cool?
3: I, I think, like, at, at this point if I were to, to get an army, I would I would get an army to play the game. Yeah. So you More would focus than just, on
1: making it legal.
3: Yeah, I would want it to be cool. I would definitely come up with cool backstory. Yeah. And I, I love all that side of it and getting into the lore. And that that's why I think out of everything that we've talked about, and I mean, there's a, a huge segment of 40K that I don't know about, <laughs> but of what we've covered, Eldar... Uh and some what minor, Eldar <laughs> Minor Xenos races. Sure. Were you uh, in one of those? Yeah. Okay. And uh Space Wolves, I know a little bit about, but <laughs> sure. I like the Harlequins. I think they're cool. I, I like yeah. their lore the most, and I think I like their, their zany look. And uh so that's that's what I would go for at this point. Um but to play the game, not knowing anything really about I've heard a little bit because I hang out with enough of you guys yeah, yeah, uh, about how the game works or some of the meta when it comes to the game or what's good. Oh, you don't want to focus on that. And, no, and yes, I would. You do. <laughs> yes, you do. I definitely <laughs> would not. Only focus on that. That's why he's playing
1: Harlequins, Mark. Uh,
3: yeah, top tier, right? Uh, <laughs>
2: well, it ain't no space marines.
1: Yeah, but so, uh,
2: yeah, hmm. Interesting. Now, it's always interesting to see where people get hung up because a lot of people get hung up on like the painting aspect of it, but it seems more like we criticized you into not doing Warhammer. You showed us cool models, and we're like, well, yeah, you can't we we're like, do well, that. that's trash.
3: I think it was it was a little overwhelming at first for sure, uh, and just the. Just knowing how to do it, I, I think yeah. like now there's so many more resources. You could go yeah. online, you could find everything. Even
2: ten years ago, I just
3: wouldn't have known where to look or where any of that stuff yeah, was. Yeah, no, it,
2: it's and, crazy how much the the community has changed. Like every community, obviously. Like we're we just, were talking about the other day, yeah. World of Warcraft. Um, how
1: different were, it is the initial release of Classic versus now the re-release of Classic, how much more information is spread throughout the people. And yeah. like Ragnaros, I think uh, it took like over two years of like wiping to kill him. And, and now it took a month and a half. The game is the exact same. It's literally right. just knowledge being shared between groups of people that has caused the way we play the game yeah. to change. And that's just like 40K. 40K back then, very similar tabletop wargaming but how we play it has <laughs> changed drastically yeah. from then yeah. to now. And how we model and how we paint, right? Like all the resources you're talking about, like that
2: would change how you approach the game. Yeah. So now the, the big question is if we got you models, yeah, <laughs> would I, you at least learn and occasionally play once yeah, or twice think- a day with us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's I, a small ask. That's only small once or ass. twice a day. <laughs> uh, the times that we played. When was the last time that we would have played? It would have been Tim's birthday was party. It? Like, or yeah, it was his birthday. Was or, it Daniel's bachelor party? No, that was Tim's birthday party.
1: That Dan. Oh, and Daniel played Dark Elder yeah, that yeah. day. Oh, okay,
2: I'm pretty sure that was his birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did
3: you play that day? I I know I played a little bit over there. Uh, okay, yeah. I remember some of that.
1: So that Um, might have been it then. So
3: yeah, I think I played a couple times. Yeah. Enough just to get my feet wet. And that's when you guys were first like floating ideas of doing like tournaments or a league or something like that. Like this is a while ago. Like I don't know how many years ago that would have been. A long time. (sighs) But yeah, I
2: probably been, would have been three years ago. Like I don't think we were doing lorehammers. So
3: yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, I played a little bit enough just to like I like tactics. I like tactical games. Absolutely. Like, yeah, uh, my it's friend, your type of game. My friend Hartson and I. Yeah, this is way back. Like I'm 10 years old. And uh, well, maybe a little older than that. All right, well, <laughs> maybe uh, I wasn't a boy genius. Right? He, no, he's over at my house, yeah. and we had army men, and we created like our own version of like 40k just Absolutely. using we had like tables and we had all sorts of stuff out. And we just determined how much they could move and we just created our own game and we thought it was so much fun. Yeah. And so I like that kind of aspect of it. So I, yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's definitely your slice of pie for sure. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like I think, if, yeah, the daunting parts to me are um, there's 40K is so big, it seems uh, and there's so much to know. There's so many different armies. This is just like the outsider I, perspective. Yeah, I know, I Don't know. roll your
2: eyes at It's you. not
1: that I'm rolling my eyes, but I think there's very easy ways to avoid that feeling of overwhelmingness,
3: which I'll share after. Because as I've been, like, adjacent to this for so long, <laughs> I just come to know <laughs> well, how I'm much adjacent. more there is, you know? It's just adjacent.
2: Never fully <laughs> joining, <laughs> but always Just dip a toe in. Yeah. Uh,
3: but I think, like, yeah, there's a lot to to it that it seems whether it's the painting yeah the putting your your models together and then how you play the game the strategies to it everything that goes along with it we were talking earlier that
1: the amount of 40k that is being consumed these days is just crazy like all the different mediums that 40k can touch people and then you realize like oh like cool it's not just 40k monopoly (laughs) <laughs> right like what if that's someone's first experience with oh, 40k? Yeah. Like,
2: Lots of people I talk to where it's like it's a it's a miniature game? It's but like, it but it's yes. also a 300 book
1: library yeah. and it's also six or seven video games, yeah. right? And soon it's a TV show, right? So yeah. that feeling I totally get. But you've already picked a focal point. Right. You you can for the time being ignore 99% of the entire universe and focus on something that you already feel you gravitate towards and I think that's a lot of what people do like someone goes to 40k and they're like man space marines are cool oh my god but what about all the other things out there and it's like well no don't get overwhelmed just focus on space marines focus on what you think is cool and then once you feel comfortable like you'll start reading enough things are, okay space marines seem to fight orcs a lot let's learn a little bit about orcs right and I think that's what a lot of people do is, is they don't they don't follow natural paths. They they see space brains and like, oh God, now I have to learn about humanity. Now I have to right. learn about Admic Now I have to learn about chaos and everything they fight. And I think like you've picked Harlequins as like something you enjoy. And instead of focusing and being like, man, like there's so much out there, you literally just immerse yourself in Harlequin. I mean, you already have. You already know a decent amount about Harlequins. But that uh, that might even be my advice to people. Is like if 40k seems like overwhelming and daunting, like pick a point and just go deeper on that point. Don't try and learn everything at once. Don't try and understand the story of humanity. Like if, if if you pick a Harlequin box setup, right, and you're putting it build a cool model first. Right? Like, I don't know. But also, there are so many people to help build. Like, build your lists, build your models, share advice on how to build stuff. Like yeah. You're never fully alone in 40K, which is another pretty cool thing, actually, yeah. about it.
2: Yeah, I'm really just thinking. It's like, hmm. Are you me? building the Harlequin list over there? Are you, are you I'm, pricing I'm, out Harlequin I'm boxes? perusing. Like, I, 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 I assumed I'm, you were. I'm, I'm
1: genuinely curious. Like, uh, How much would it cost for us to get a Harlequin army for Peter?
2: Yeah, and then, like, if I built, I painted. Oh, would okay. that change your mind to play? <laughs> We need a yes or no. Peter's looking at Games Workshop website right That's now. That's a yes. That's Cause exactly cause what like we needed. I, I I I'm just going through armies, right? Like yeah, this you, is just, just another. Pump them out. I'm just going through, so it's like if yeah. I do another one, it's like, f- fuck, might as well. If this is what got Peter into it, we just get and then it you know it. I just steal money from all the Lord Hammer
3: people. <laughs> you know? Well,
1: we have to ask Dylan for permission
3: to, uh, to, to, to get access, access to the Patreon, Patreon money. Yeah. But all right, so what's what is the first step? Into a, a Harlequin army. I know when I did my space wolves, I I had the book. Yeah. And I had just a, what, a What's basic your advice set. on what's the
1: first step? What, what, I have my
2: own idea, mm-hmm. but what's yours? Um, mine would be since I think the way you're approaching it is you're gonna play. Like I don't think you wanna build and I don't think you wanna learn how to paint, right? I mean, yeah. My experience with it before, it wasn't my favorite part of it. Yeah. So so going into that um because normally my advice but would I'm be... But i just like
3: building an army yeah, or something like that. Yeah, norm, what would you say?
2: Normally my advice is just buy the box that you just, like and paint that. Okay. And see mm-hmm. if you like it. Just which we, we're past with, that point. Okay. So I would say buy one HQ or two HQs. So you buy like a Shadow Seer and a... Jester. Death Jester. Sh- death Jester. Yeah. And then you buy three troops and three HQs. Oh, sorry, sorry. Three transports. And three troops. And that's... Yeah, three troops, two HQs. That's at least 750 points if you flesh out those. Yeah. That's your first
1: piece of advice? Yeah.
2: Hmm. You just buy that because you're going to need that in every game you play. Like, it's going to be what you need. That's
1: interesting. I'm surprised you went there first. Uh, first?
2: Well, like I said, that's not... Having known Peter, that is now my advice. Yeah,
1: that's but that's to help someone pick an army, right? Your thing is like... Buy a box that you think is good. If it turns out you don't like it, great. You didn't spend all your money on that. Now you try a different yeah. model. Try a yeah. different box set. But that's that's fine. He's picked the army now. Yeah. Right? But that's – my first piece of advice is conceptualize a story for your army because yeah. you also – and we, we build lists around stories. So what, like all I'm saying Why is what if in his story there's no troops? What if he only runs elites I, I just elders? think
2: Eldar are so li- – or Harlequins are so limited and already such a very succinct story yeah. that – I mean I, that- wrote,
1: I wrote an Eldar list that was half Eldar half harlequin
3: Mm. so how do you make it work for yourselves though the balance between like yeah i want to tell a cool story but i also want to like be viable in playing the game well mark has a tagline
2: fuck the police coming straight out the underground
1: his his tagline is every army is viable Okay, and there is some truth to it, and there's it's also not wholly
3: true. Sure, like um, like everything Mark says.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. There, there is there is an as- aspect of truth is that in a friendly setting, because this is a very friendly setting that right. we're playing, anything can work, and sometimes it all is going to come down to dice rolls. And that you, sure. what are you supposed to do about that? Sure, it's very. Uh, I truly think it's hard, not hard. But I think with very little work you can make any list functioning and fun. Yeah, and the fun is the way more important thing. Like
3: um like That's interesting okay. to me because from the outside it definitely does not appear that way. And no, because it is very competitive game. We just don't
1: play Sure. in that. We don't follow that meta. We en- right. like I enjoy reading about it and like yeah, that's that's broken obviously it's doing that. But when I build my lists. It's very rare that I'm actually building a medalist. So I recently got into Grey Knights. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, Grey Knights was without a doubt, if it wasn't the worst army, it was the second worst army, objectively, in the game. Sure. But I got it because I love Grey Knights. And I had like an 80% win rate with those before their new rules came out, and they got amazing. So even though it was absolute trash... Like, you still manage to win because we're not playing in the most competitive setting. Sure. And I think, like, in our friendliness, like, I think that's the best way to look at it is we're we're not trying to have a game where we instantly win. Like, uh, James has a great army, but he wins way too much. And so he deliberately stops taking things because it's just as not fun for him as it is for me. And when Mark wants to try out a hard hitting night list, He's like, okay, James, bring your heavy list. I'll bring my heavy list. Let's see what it actually turns into. So personally, I think I would conceptualize an army, Okay, look through yeah. the models there, well, see so what like, here, fits with the flavor of yeah. what you're going, and then get help building a list. With,
2: with Harlequins, there's literally one, two, three, four, five, six units. So that's why... Really? I, yeah, like... I thought there were more than No, that. you have troops, you have bikes, and then you have transports and HQs. So, like, I know typically, like, my, my tagline is, oh, find a strong theme, but the theme is... Harlequins. Harlequins. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, there's not much variation. But you also,
1: is when you get into the world of Harlequins, you also realize you can very easily ally your army with other Eldari factions. And will that, like, you need to know that before you come up with a story for your Harlequins, or else, like, when it comes time to build your list, you're like, I actually really want this Eldari thing, but it just doesn't fit with my story.
2: Yeah, would you do you like... Harlequins with like uh, allies, dark eldar or eldar allies? Or do you like harlequins? Well, there's three
1: factions now, right? right? Inari, there's the in, but... yeah, the Yanari. There's Eldari,
3: Yanari, and Drukhari. <laughs>
1: and then the We're, uh,
2: we we just entered deep into the weeds of eldar. yeah. And, and this is where oh I, no, think I like should...
3: the Yanari. I'm super interested
1: in them. In Iniat and Evrain? Oh, that's totally awesome though, because Evrain is really cool. Yeah, and like you should like what would you ever play with the incarn? Like the, the
3: reincarnation of the of Inead? I mean, the things you're god. saying right now, I just don't know how... I'm, I'm interested in it from a lore perspective, but... Yeah, Incarn
1: is the current um, manifestation of the god of death. Okay. And there's a model for it. Just oh, okay. uh, search for it. It's Y-N-C-A-I-R-N-E. The Incarn. But yeah, like Y-N-C-A-I... How is that not showing up? Look for Yanari.
3: I'm in the Yanari. What? This is fascinating podcasting here right now. Yeah,
1: super great shit right here. That's not Yanari. That's Harlequin. Oh, I just
3: unclicked it, but
2: oh. that's big I'm to the l g. f You guys, Peter, like, oh. that's what's going on here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just like the it's helmets. Such
1: a big model. Where is it? Why is an Urgul show up before? The Yincarn. Am I crazy, Mark? Is the Yincar not a model? Don't look at me like that. Am I crazy? I've
2: never played this game. I don't know what you're talking about over there. Oh
1: my god, what am I Absolutely. I think
2: you're just spelling it wrong?
1: Oh. What? No.
2: Triumvirate of you need. Oh, that's oh, what it's yeah. under,
1: the triumvirate. I'm looking at that right oh, now. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. So you can't buy the Incarn separately. You I don't think mind. you can Anyways, this but yeah, of like, the game. But yeah, like, if you want to play a God of Death, like, you have the option of doing That's cool. that. Yeah. 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 So I think understanding, like, the allies you can bring, conceptualize your army. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, Mark and I aren't, like, super list builders, but there are, like, a couple things that most lists should be able to do, right? So... Eat shit. That's what all my, my lists
2: do.
3: Roll dice. Yeah.
1: As long as you can roll dice, you can play the game. Yeah. That's the main thing.
3: Mm. Well, well, I think eventually your peer pressure
2: will we'll pay off, pay that's, off yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. And if I just one day, next time you record, there's a fully painted 1500 point <laughs> Harlequin army in front of you, you know, yeah. at that point, what can you do? What, 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 what can what, I do? Rip what can you do? What you, can you do? You just
1: say, yes, thank you, sir. <laughs> and you cry
2: <laughs> i guess i will a warhammer player I guess, now. A warhammer now. I guess i'll grow out my beard <laughs> and stop showering <laughs> right goodbye children
1: it's good knowing you won't want to spend time with your father anymore
2: <laughs> huh. i don't even know <laughs> what he to so say anymore <laughs> well this was fun okay um thanks for listening everyone
1: yeah i hope you enjoyed us chatting about our our role-playing
2: experiences of which we have many yeah uh there will be other episodes that are not just like these uh um random conversations i forgot what we branded this uh warhammer lockdown oh yeah 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 (laughs) we we are still doing a regular episodes but uh i don't know these are fun i like just talking to people it's fun it's good for me we
1: almost got we all we're so close don't to having a harlequin player. i got a 47 step plan for peter oh, that's right are you just gonna start sending him pictures oh yeah and that's 46 steps of your plan it's just oh, yeah. 46 different pictures <laughs> no, into his sir. phone yes sir that's what worked for me it's really <laughs> weird
2: actually <laughs>
1: mark just sends pictures until you buy what he wants you to buy. <laughs> <laughs> strangely effective. Uh, anyways cool.
2: thanks for listening guys support us on patreon if you can if not well you know we appreciate your listen yeah. See
0: you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward.